الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ويسألونك عن ذي القرنين قل سأتلو عليكم منه ذكرا إنا مكنا له في الأرض وآتيناه من كل شيء سببا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من قرأ سورة الكهف يوم الجمعة فهو معصوم إلى كل فتنة تكون فإن خرج الدجال عصم منه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله Over the past few Jumu'ahs we have been hearing the discussion relating to Surah Al-Kahf various incidents in Surah Al-Kahf and highlighting the common theme of the Surah According to the great alim, Hazrat Mawana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi Rahimahullah, As-Sira'u Bain Al-Imani Wal-Maddiya, the clash between Iman and materialism. And Hazrat Mawana Rahmatullah Ali had explained that this surah is a protection from the fitnas of Dajjal and the fitnas that would take place prior to Qiyamah because this would be one of the great Qiyamah, the challenge of materialism. The challenge of believing what the eye can see, what meets the eye. And this surah takes our entire focus to believe in the unseen, believe in the hidden system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the aspect of iman and faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we heard the incident of the Ashabul Kahf, those youngsters who sought protection, who sought security in a cave, And they stood up to the tyrant of the time, believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not fearing the consequences that would come thereafter. And it was their iman that gave them that strength and their iman gave them that protection. Then we heard the incident of the owner of the two gardens, a person whom Allah had blessed him with wealth, Allah had blessed him with gardens, Allah blessed him with properties, Allah blessed him with material. But this material took him away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to such an extent that he went on to say, مَا أَظُنُّ أَن تَبِيدَ هَذِهِ أَبَدًا وَمَا أَظُنُّ السَّاعَةَ قَائِمًا I don't think that this will ever come to an end. And I don't think qiyamah will ever happen. And this is the end result of materialism. When a person is so consumed by material, then he forgets akhirat. Although he may be believing in akhirat, But his behavior suggests that he doesn't believe in akhirat. So that is the, the, that was that incident of a person who was consumed by materialism. And then last week we heard the incident of Musa alayhi salam and Khadir alayhi salam, which explains that hidden system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and proves that seeing is not always believing. What we can see is not necessarily the, the, the true thing. There is another system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last incident in Surah Al-Kahf is the incident of Zulqarnain. He was a pious ruler, pious king. 
whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed with so much of dunya that he ruled over the entire world. He ruled from east to west, from north to south. He ruled over the entire world. Allah blessed him with so much of material. But this material did not take him away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, this material brought him closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His entire mindset was an imani mindset. His behavior was an imani behavior. The way he spoke, the way he conducted himself, he was not enamored by the material that he had. He was not consumed by the material possessions that he had. Rather, his behavior was totally governed by his iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about him. There's great historical details regarding Zulqarnain. We don't have the time to go into these details. But one thing we need to understand for sure, that Zulqarnain was not Alexandra the Great. He was a kafir. He was a disbeliever in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was a pious Muslim king. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّا مَكَّنَّا لَهُ فِي الْأَرْضِ That we gave him control of the earth. Such control that he ruled over the entire world. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, and Allah says, وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ سَبَبًا We blessed him with all types of resources. Whatever the resources may be, everything was at his, this speaks about three travels of Zulqarnain. Three travels of Zulqarnain which explain his behavior, his conduct, his modus operandi. Allah says, the first travel that he made, the first journey that he undertook, he traveled towards the west. So he undertook a journey towards, and when he came there, he found a people that were disbelievers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were uh, negligent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Zulqarnain two options. Allah said to him, Imma an tu'adhiba wa imma an fihim husna. You can punish these people, you can treat them harshly because of their disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa imma an fihim husna. Or you may deal with them in a good manner. So Zulqarnain, he says, now normally, a person who has power, a person who has this type of resources, then unfortunately the normal behavior is a behavior of a tyrant. It's a behavior of looting, of plundering, of abuse of power. And if you look at the world today, we will find the same. That those countries that are in so-called power and control, and the way they abuse, and they take advantage of weaker nations. So nevertheless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that you have these two options. Zulqarnain replies and he says that, أَمَّا مَنْ آمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحِ أَمَّا مَنْ ظَلَمَ As for that person who oppresses himself, does not bring iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I will punish him a very severe punishment. But that person who, choose, who chooses to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after the option is given to him, the one who chooses to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we will treat him in a good manner, and in the akhirat he will get a beautiful reward. So he did not abuse his power. Rather, he treated people in a nice manner. He gave them the option of bringing iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and if they refused to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they opted for rebellion, then obviously they would be treated harshly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then explains the second journey of Zulqarnain. The, se- the second journey was towards the east. Allah says, when he reached the east, حَتَّى إِذَا بَلَغَ مَطْلِعَ الشَّمْسِ 
He reached a point where the sun was rising. Obviously, it was not the exact point where the sun was rising, but where it would seem that the sun was rising from. Similarly, when he went to the west, Allah says that he found the sun setting in a murky water. So setting in the murky water doesn't mean the sun is physically setting in that water, but like how at the time of sunrise you go to the beach, to the ocean, and it seems like the sun is rising from the ocean. So similarly, it seemed like the sun was setting in that murky water. Now when he reaches the east, then he finds a nation there, that they were such a nation that was so behind, they were so uncivilized, they were so backward, that Allah says, uh, that, that they did not have any means of protection from the heat of the sun. They did not have any homes. Mufassirin say most probably they didn't even know how to make clothes. So they were so backward, so uncivilized this nation was. When he reaches there, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not mention, does not explain what happened there. But the Mufassirin say most probably it was the same scenario that happened when he reached the west, that these people were disbelievers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah gave him the option and he chose that those people uh, who brought iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would, he would deal with them in a good manner. And those that disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he would deal with them accordingly. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about a third journey of Zulqarnayn. And this is the most interesting journey of Zulqarnayn did not explain in which direction this journey was. But most probably this journey was towards the north. So he traveled towards the north and he reaches a place He reaches a place somewhere in the world between two mountains. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not explain to us the exact location, the GPS location of this place. It is not our responsibility to try and discover that where on earth this place is. Now we need to send drones to find out where the spot is. The more important aspect is for us to take the lesson that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning regarding this. So, when he reached this place between two mountains, he finds a nation. This nation was so uneducated, so illiterate, that Allah says they could hardly understand. They could hardly understand anything that is spoken to them in their own language, forget another language. So if you spoke to them in their own language, they will find difficulty in understanding their own language. Now, when he goes there to Dhulqarnayn, إِنَّ يَأْجُوجَ وَمَأْجُوجَ مُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ that on the other side of this mountain, there are these two tribes, Ya'juj and Ma'juj. And they are causing havoc. Every now and again, they come onto this side and they plunder, they loot. They are causing havoc here. We are prepared to pay you. We are prepared to hire your services so that you can make a huge wall. They saw that this person has got so much of resources, so much of uh, mastery, so much of acumen. So they say that we will pay you for you to make this huge wall that will be a means of protection for us. It will be a barrier for us from these people that are causing havoc here. So Zulqarnayn says to them, now again, as you explain, people who are in power, 
and how they normally abuse their power. That is a materialistic system. That a person in power abuses his power. And he takes advantage of the less fortunate. He takes advantage of those that do not have. The haves and the haves not, have nots. The haves take advantage of the have nots. That is a materialistic system. Allah is showing a person who has an imani mindset. Despite him having so much of resources, what was his behavior? So he says to them, مَا مَكَّنِّي فِيهِ رَبِّي خَيْرٍ Although it was 100% correct for him to take a fee for the service that he's offering, that what my Allah has blessed me with is far better than what you can offer me. I don't need any material remuneration for the favor that I'm doing to you. I, do, I will do it as a favor. I don't need any material remuneration for this. So he now asked them, the only favor he required from them was that he required help from them, physical help. So the Quran explained how he brought sheets of steel and he placed those sheets of steel. Then he lit a fire. A huge fire was lit until these, these sheets of steel became very hot and he poured lead over this and this lead thereafter went into those crevices and it made a very, very strong, slippery high wall. So this was the way in which he built this wall that became a protection. Now... This was a great feat of Zulkarnain, a great achievement that he built such a huge wall which was now a protection for these people and it will give them security and protection. But what, were, what was his response thereafter? After achieving something so great, again a materialistic mind, when he achieves something, when he does something, then he takes the credit for it. Look at what I did. Look at my masterpiece. You know, this thing here is unbreakable. What does Zulqarnain say? Zulqarnain says, Hada rahmatum mir Rabbi. This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not my achievement. It is the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon me. Again, this is the link to the theme of the surah. The link is that a person should not attribute things to himself. That is a materialistic mind. An imani mind is different. Everything is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The effect in things is only if Allah places the effect in it. This is only the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not my accomplishment. And it is not the means that will give protection. Rather, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the means. Therefore, he goes on to say, فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعْدُ جَعَلَهُ That now it may seem so strong. It may seem as a very fortified protection. But فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعْدُ جَعَلَهُ When the promised time of Allah comes for it to break, then Allah will make it like a flat surface. There will be nothing remaining of this huge strong wall. Nothing will remain that Imani mindset. That it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that places the effect in the means. The means on its own can do nothing. It is Allah that will place the, the effects to remove the effect from the means. Then there will be no effect whatsoever. Like Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah removed the effect of burning from fire for Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. It became a cool garden for him. So فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعَدُ رَبِّي جَعَلَهُ وَكَانَ وَعَدُ رَبِّي Allah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains in the hadith of Sunan Tirmidhi that every day 
Zulqarnain tried to break through this wall. Every day they try. From morning till evening they try and they work to break through this wall. When it is nightfall, they, they, and they have not broken through, then they say, we will come back tomorrow. Tomorrow we will come back and complete. Without saying, inshallah. So, when they come back the next morning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it such that the wall is back to normal as is. And they start again. And the same cycle continues. The same cycle continues until that time comes. فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعْدُ رَبِّي When the promised time of their release is uh, comes, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants that wall to be broken, then at nightfall they will say that inshallah tomorrow we will continue. Allah will inspire them at that time. When the time is right, Allah will inspire them. That inshallah tomorrow we will continue. And the next day when they come, they will find it left where they left it the day before. And then they will break through that wall and then they will come into the earth. And the details are lengthy of Yajuj and Majuj and the havoc that they will cause before Qiyamah etc. This point again of inshallah is something which is highlighted in the surah. In the previous pages, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions two phrases. Insha'Allah and Masha'Allah. Two simple phrases. Two simple phrases which we use also. But unfortunately, perhaps we're not using it often enough or we're not using these phrases consciously. So we need to use these phrases often and use them consciously. What are these two phrases? The phrase of Insha'Allah. Allah says, وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ لِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ ذَلِكَ غَدًا إِلَّا إِيَّشَاءَ اللَّهِ That for anything that you are going to do in the future, then say, inshallah, if Allah wishes. This again is an imani mindset, not a materialistic mindset. Mindset is, I have done, I know how to do things, I will do it, tomorrow I will do it. No, no, it's Allah's ability, Allah giving us the ability, then only we can do it. So inshallah for something for the future. And when we have accomplished something, then walawla is dakhalta jannataka kulta Allah. After accomplishing something, again we don't take the credit for it. <coughs> Rather we attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. MashaAllah, this was the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was the wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore this thing materialized. Jesus, which actually breaks the backbone of materialism. It breaks the backbone of materialism. Because before doing something, we are attributing it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah wishes, it will happen. If Allah doesn't wish, it will not happen. And after achieving it, again we are attributing the accomplishment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of Allah's wish, therefore this thing had, had been accomplished and this has been achieved. So this is the incident of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. Very quickly to terminate the surah, in the last few verses of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also explains the same theme of iman and materialism. Allah mentions the outcome of a person who's materialistic in his mindset. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains the good end result of an imani mindset. So Allah says, قُلْ هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ أَعْمَالًا Should I tell you those who are the greatest losers? The greatest losers are who? الَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا those whose entire efforts have gone to waste in this materialistic world. All the efforts was only focused towards material. And they felt that material was the be-all and end-all of life. 
They only work from morning to evening for material, completely neglecting their duties towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, completely forgetting akhirat. Allah says, amala. These are the people who are the worst. They are the worst losers. الذين ضل سعيهم في الحياة الدنيا ويحسبون أنهم يحسنون سنعا. This world in the material, but then on top of that, they still think that they are doing something very great. They think that they are achieving so much. Look at how much I have achieved. How much? Look at these properties of mine and this business of mine. He thinks that he is achieving so much, but all his efforts have been wasted in this material life. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala explains the outcome of. The imani mindset. And Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ كَانَتْ نُزُلًا That those people who have iman, and they do actions of iman, they do good actions, then the gardens of Jannatul Firdaus will be their place of, their place of, of resting. And at the end of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a very powerful prescription. In order for us to get our alignment right, in order for us to get that imani mindset. Because living in this world, especially in a time of materialism, when everything is only about material, the materialism is being promoted, viciously promoted. It's natural for a person to get affected by the material around him. When this is the only talk, and this is the only drive, then it's natural for a person to get affected. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a very powerful prescription. At the end of the surah, it is something that will bring our alignment right. It will bring our alignment straight. Like a person that's driving on South African roads. Then every now and again he needs to sort out his alignment. Because of the potholes and the way the surface of the road. So his alignment is going to get affected. So he requires that alignment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us how we can get our alignment straight. And Allah says that, فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا that that person who has hope in meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So continuously reminding ourselves about akhirat. Continuously reminding ourselves that there is one day that we have to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This reminder of akhirat, this talk of akhirat, thinking of akhirat, meditating about akhirat, this is what will bring our entire life in order. It will bring our compass straight. Everything will come, will be set. Everything will go in order once we continuously have this consciousness of akhirat. As we said, we may have belief in akhirat, but many a times because of the negative influences around us, this belief in akhirat is to a very, very minimal level. The consciousness is not there. Therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concludes the surah, فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّي If you want to get that imani mindset, and you want to be saved from this materialistic mindset and materialistic behavior, and you want to adopt an imani behavior, then continuously remind yourself about akhirat. Inshallah, in this way, your compass in life will be in order, will be straight, and your direction will be right, your direction will be towards the akhirat. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with the barakat and anwar of the surah. May Allah allow us 
to understand the true message of the surah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of reciting the surah. In fact, our ulama are recommending that a person should recite the surah every day if he cannot recite in at least the first 10 ayat of the surah because of the abundance of fitna around us. This is our savior. Nabi Islam has explained that this is our savior. So it's definitely our stand the contents of the surah. Practice on the dictates of the surah and recite the surah and inshallah Allah will allow the surah to become a means of protection for us from every fitna and especially from the fitna of Dajjal. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana muhammadi wa ali wa sahbihi ajma'in.
ذكرا إنا مكنا له في الأرض وآتيناه من كل شيء سببا وقال تعالى فمن كان يرجو لقاء ربه فليعمل عملا صالحا ولا يشرك بعبادة ربه أحدا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من قرأ سورة الكهف يوم الجمعة فهو معصوم إلى ثمانية أيام من كل فتنة تكون فإن خرج الدجال عصم منه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن المجيد ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعه من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصي الله ورسوله فان 
Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu Wa Iyaka Nasta'een Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqeem Sirat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim Ghayri Al-Maghdubi Alayhim والضحى والليل إذا سجى ما ودعك ربك وما قلا وللآخرة خير لك من الأولى ولسوف يعطيك ربك فترضى ألم يجدك يتيما فآوى ووجدك ضالا فهدى 
ووجدك عاغنا فأما اليتيم فلا تقهر وأما السائل فلا تنهر وأما بنعمة ربك فحدث الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ألم نشرح لك صدرك ووك وزرك أنقض ظهرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك فإن مع العسر يسرا إن مع العسر يسرا فإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فارغب الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم انت السلام وانك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعالى اللهم لا معنى لما اعطيت ولا موفق لما منعت ولا راد لما قضيت ولا انفع ولا جد منك جد اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك واغننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين آمين برحمتك يا رب